back to the David Glenn Show. Happy Friday. And happy birthday to DG as he is out and I, Darren Vaught, host in his stead. And we welcome from the ACC Sports Journal, accsports.com, among uh, many other outlets, BG, Sports Channel 8, BuzzBeat Podcast. You get around. You yeah. get around. Uh, Queen City Hoops, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been writing for them lately, some Hornets-oriented stuff. Uh, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm hanging in there, enjoying the, the offseason, gearing up for uh, you know, hoops is coming sooner rather than later. We've got some exhibition games going on, and since there's no other basketball taking place, uh, we can overanalyze and freak out about uh, all the exhibition games. <laughs> but as I said in the open, BG, that's exactly what we're doing about all the football on now, too. Right, yeah. Like, we've heard it all week because DG and I have discussed these exhibition games, and we've heard it all week. What, what are you talking about college basketball for? I mean... Th- fact of the matter is they're both playing games equally as meaningless so without a doubt i heard someone on the radio this morning talking about how uh, buffalo cleveland preseason football was a must watch because it's baker mayfield versus josh allen i was like buddy i don't know must watch is uh it seems a little hyperbolic but uh go go with it i guess it it it, it, you wouldn't be faulted if you were interested in that without a doubt right like i want to see baker mayfield i don't you know, I, I'm interested to see what Josh Allen turns out as as an NFL quarterback, but mm-hmm. Baker is kind of the, the compelling figure in that one to me, so I get it. Uh, some compelling figures starring for Duke basketball for yeah. the first time in a in a more official, universally seen capacity on yeah. their Canada tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play, what, their, their second game in that stint tonight. Tonight. And then University the, of Toronto. University of Toronto. And then the uh, Ryerson win from a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm blew up because Zion Williamson was fantastic. Uh, if we were to, and I'm, I'm not so sure this wasn't the case, if you were locked in a room with nothing but a TV on that game mm-hmm. and a whiteboard, BG, mm-hmm. what would we have found afterward on your, your whiteboard? What did you take away? I was pretty excited about that. That was the first time I've really seen Zion Williamson play a full game outside of the you know the vi- the clips of him dunking. So maybe maybe the, maybe viral. yeah maybe the first time you'd ever seen him do anything but dunk. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe I saw some some rogue Team USA youth basketball highlights of okay. him of him scrimmaging and stuff like that. But you know I didn't go back and watch you know AAU highlights of this guy or McDonald's All American game highlights or whatever. So for me, this was my first time getting to watch Clean Slate, getting to watch this guy play, and again. I don't know if I was totally buying the, oh, this guy can, all he can do is dunk. I assumed that he was well thought of as a prospect, so he must be able to do a lot on the floor. And if you can run and jump, usually means you can, you can do some other stuff, rebound, defend, etc. But he just, he blew me away the other night. And I don't want to overreact too much. It's just the middle of August. They're playing a team that, as a buddy of mine described them, a 15 seed the other night in Ryerson, <laughs> uh, which, I, which I thought was a pretty fair. Yeah, it's like a decent, yeah, yeah. decent comparison. I now, thought. now, I mean, North Carolina fans would be quick to remind us 15 seeds have beaten good Duke teams before, without <laughs> a doubt. The, the thing is, you're referring back to the the Lehigh loss in 2012. It is a little funny when you think about that game because yes, in Greensboro, Duke lost that game six years ago, and it was to a 15 seed. But let's just remember. The best player on the floor that night was C.J. McCollum for Lehigh, and he's now the best player. He is far and away had the best pro career. This was an abnormal 15 seed that beat. But again, that's 
that that sort of footnote will get lost in the shuffle. But CJ McCollum was a borderline NBA All Star, right? And he happened to be playing for Lehigh, not Duke. Which a, a quick tangent, but just because you mentioned it, he came back into the news earlier this week because yeah. he was on Chinese TV, just leaning <laughs> all the way in on his super teams are awful yeah. uh, takes, and even going as far as he, the quoted word was, he called it disgusting. Mm-hmm. BG, does it surprise you at all that a guy from Lehigh who knocked off Duke in the NCAA tournament thinks that way? Uh, it does. It it does not. Boy, a lot of CJ McCollum making headlines this uh, <laughs> this summer. You know, I I don't think I think he's ready for people to stop talking about it. But now that you know he's he gets another microphone thrown in his face, their course going to ask about it. Right, and it happens. I think he would sort of like this to to kind of go away because the reality of the situation is the Warriors aren't going anywhere. And they're all coming back, and they're better than everybody. So it, it's it. I think he would sort of like for this to go away. And once the season starts, outside of when the Warriors and Blazers play, this for the most part will stop being a, a topic of discussion. It's yeah. just it's August or July or whatever, and there's nothing else really happening. And the NBA is such a lightning rod for headlines anyway. Without a doubt. Once the season starts and ac- actual games get played, the 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 funny and and quirky headlines are mm-hmm. just going to come out tenfold. So yes, by doubt. that point, this is all going to be buried and no, no doubt and put in the past. So no doubt. Uh, so back to Duke yeah. playing in Canada. You said Zion Williamson impressed you as he has most I, who have seen him with, without a doubt. But this just so we all knew about the size and the, the power and the athleticism, right? We've all seen the videos, and we can go to Duke's website and see that this guy weighs. He's 6'7", 285 pounds. I mean, he's the size of Julius Peppers. And apparently he leaned out yeah, prior exactly. to getting to Duke. <laughs> exactly. And he's, you know, if you sort of go by the old rule of thumb, he's probably not quite 6'7". Like, maybe he's closer to 6'6 in height or whatever. Sure. So he's an interesting build player. But, yeah, he's just like a modern-day defensive end out there running around making plays. But I was blown away with some of the intuitive and unselfish plays he made against Ryerson, some court vision that I didn't think he had. He had four assists, no turnovers, but there were also a couple like potential assists he had where, including the first half of the game, he he drove baseline, he spun back, and then Jack White was standing in the weak side corner. And he hit him with a perfect pass right in the hands for a wide-open corner three. Jack White missed the shot. Williamson went up, grabbed the rebound, and finished it on his own. But I was blown away with... Just some of the winning plays that Zion Williamson made. The unselfishness. He had another tip pass to Javin Delorier at the end of the third quarter for a dunk. That was, again, that's just like a brainy, smart play. The guy seems to have some serious basketball IQ. And you think of how that might help him translate on the defensive end. Maybe not this year because I think it's going to be a rough go. It might be a rough go of things for Duke at times defensively. But you think about where he's going to go the next 10, 12, 15 years as a defender on the NBA. And you just you think maybe, hey, maybe this guy thinks the game in a special way. Who knows? I don't want to compare someone to a guy like Draymond Green, who's a genius quarterback in the Golden State Warriors defense. But could he be that kind of could he be a similar excellent help defender, an excellent switch defender? How many positions will this guy be able to guard? And part of that will deal with how smart, how well he thinks the game. And it looks offensively like a special player. I also thought it was cool, too, that he you know, 13 rebounds, six on the defensive end, seven offensive. And just looking at him jump up and catch these things was amazing. But you also think, too, he showed some handles. He was able to he was able to dribble around a little bit, which was impressive, too. And you makes you think with Duke this year, 
especially in lineups when he's playing the sort of de facto center. Zion Williamson can grab a rebound, and he doesn't need to outlet it to someone else to start the break. Like, all four other four guys can take off running, filling lanes, running the corners, looking for threes and dunks, and he, he can push the ball. And if he gets it within a certain distance of the rim, you know, he's so strong and can jump so high that he's just going to be in this airspace at and above the rim that most other college players can't contend with him. So I, it's going to be fascinating to watch. It was, a, it was not, it was a, in terms of like box score stats, not a great game for RJ Barrett, but he was still plenty impressive at times too. I thought. Yeah. Well, I want to touch on him as well, because in the interest of tempering, our reaction Mm -hmm. uh you mentioned it's of course it's mid-august we don't want to assume too much coming out of this this exhibition win and and what is their first live action that most of us have seen Mm -hmm. uh rj barrett was the higher ranked recruit Mm -hmm. coming to Mm -hmm. duke and as a matter of fact uh i think zion was like the fourth of the class to commit Right. Or he yeah. was uh, he was uh, sort of a tag along. Yes. Uh, they were already going to be good. And then Williamson committing to them yes. was sort of icing on Correct. the cake. So I don't know that I I necessarily expected him to be the impact guy mm-hmm. in this class. Uh, in your mind, is, does that still stand to be R.J. Barrett, who coming out of high school was the number one prospect? Probably depends on who you talk to. I mean, there are certainly some if you go deeper into the the, the you know, the the further out reaches of NBA draft Twitter and stuff uh, on the web, there are plenty of people, but I, I mean, there the majority of people think RJ Barrett's going to be the, the number one pick in 2019, or perhaps this year, little UNC freshman, like he might be the number one pick, but there are some, it's the minority, but there are some people out there that think the Zion Williamson, he's a, he's a top three pick in the NBA draft. If not, he's the number one overall prospect heading into the 2019 draft. So I think for some people, it's less of a surprise, but I think for the majority of people that sort of hang in this uh, universe of college basketball, the draft, NBA, yeah, I think Barrett is certainly supposed to be the more thought-after um, prospect. And it makes sense. I mean, he, he's a guard. He's going to be on the ball a lot. The, look where the game is now. You're looking for guys that can – defend multiple positions, shoot threes, run pick and roll. And I don't think R.J. Barrett is quite there yet, but he certainly has the frame and some of the skill set that it looks like he's going to grow into that. Maybe we don't see all that quite yet this year in Durham up close, but you know, for the next you're, you know, you're looking at this guy for the next decade, and he probably projects into one of those high-usage, high-scoring guards that – those are the best players in the league, right? You know, yep. like you think you're James Harden or you're Russell Westbrook or you're LeBron James or, you know, those are the guys that those are the guys that get the, the, the mega max contracts. No matter what style of play, they're always in vogue, small ball, big ball, whatever. When oh, those guys are being incorporated more as far as ball handling totally, is concerned, even the, the case of a James Harden without sort of doubt. converted into this point mm-hmm. point uh, to swing yeah. kind of thing. Uh, he, he leads the league in, I mean, he's certainly, I don't know if he leads the league in, you know, the, you can, the NBA tracks the stuff. I'd have to double check. But two years ago, I'm almost certain he, he was 1-2 with Westbrook in terms of time of possession and dribbles. This is before Chris Paul got there. Yeah. And he sort of started to, I mean, he still handles the ball, you know, damn near more than anybody else in the league. But, he, you know, he plays off of it a little bit more now, too. But, yeah, I mean, Houston has this this ISO style of basketball where they space the floor and they let Chris Paul and James Harden hunt mismatches. And you got to remember with James Harden, I mean, he's 6'6", 6'7", 220, 230 pounds. I mean, he's built like a tank. He doesn't look like a point guard. But as Mike D'Antoni, his coach, describes him, he's a Hall of Fame point guard. Yeah, well, and you you say they 
you described it as them hunting mismatches. Mm -hmm. I mean, half the time when he's handling the ball at the perimeter, Harden is a mismatch. So, Without a doubt. Uh, Without a doubt. Yeah, so so Barrett, certainly that type of potential to be a, doubt. a dynamic player at the next level like that. And I think the Harden comparison is interesting, if not a bit trite, too, because they're sort of like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, lefties, yeah. you know. Uh, so, but I think it makes – I think it – I think it makes rough, again, you don't want to compare any of these guys to guys like <laughs> LeBron and James Harden. They're the best basketball players in the world. Or at least not yet. I mean, right. you know. You, you, don't, you want to be, be cool about that. But I've seen, I saw R.J. Barrett play for Team Canada this summer. He's playing with NBA players in these games like Kelly Olynyk and, and Dwight Powell and Corey Joseph. These are good NBA players. And R.J. Barrett's starting next to them and playing 30 minutes a night. Um he sort of is the, the, the sort of the golden child of Canadian basketball. His, his dad, or Steve Nash is his godfather. Um, so th- it is, he's an interesting guy. And I think in terms of compete level, I thought he looked like he and Zion looked like they were locked in for an exhibition game in Canada. You know, RJ Barrett's coming back home for it. But in the middle yeah. of August, that's a game they could have been treating it like it was an all-star game. And, and I thought their compete level was pretty impressive. I do think, though... As you saw, some of the issues that in the game that R.J. Barrett had handling the ball, passing the ball, Trey Jones is going to be a wildly important player, the freshman point guard for the Blue Devils this season, too. Well, yeah, and that, that take, kind of leads right into my next question. Um, for the more casual fan who's not as mm-hmm. dialed into these games as maybe you or I, uh, Kind of paint the picture with this freshman class. What exactly I think most know about Zion because mm-hmm. of his dunking right. and his the he's I mean he's been a viral sensation for yeah. uh, three years at least, yeah, at uh, least in the AAU circuits and, and through high school. R.J. Barrett, people have heard a lot about as of late because he was the number one recruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? spells out what's going to be the rotation for for Duke it's tough to say I mean you you know there are certainly some returning guys there's no sort of headlining returning guy like Grayson Allen was a season ago right but there certainly are are known commodities like Marcus Bolden is going to get minutes at the five because he's basically the one true center they have in the rotation and he's a decent rebounder and he's actually a pretty efficient scorer at the basket his issues basically extend as soon as he steps outside the paint and he has to be mobile and he certainly had plenty of issues guarding ball screens the other night too, but um, and that's going to be a source of that's going to be a, I think a, an issue for Duke all season. But I think Alex O'Connell, Jack White, those guys are interesting because around Barrett and Reddish and Jones and Williamson, this team is going to need wings that can shoot threes, that can guard a couple of positions or can can play a role in a zone and can hit threes, low-usage low wings that can shoot and defend a few positions, don't need possessions, don't need the ball that often, but stand in the corner, stand above the break, and hit threes whenever you get the chance. And so Jack White looked pretty good shooting the ball uh, the other night. Unfortunately, Alex O'Connell got hurt about three minutes into the game. Yeah, so he, he's due to miss the remainder of the Canada Tour, at least. <laughs> yes, he, has, he suffered an, uh, an orbital fracture. He's expected to make a full, a full recovery, which is great. He looked like a different guy to me. He literally, he grew his, his hair, hair out. His hair and looks- I, I did not recognize him <laughs> yeah. when he first stepped onto the floor. No, he, and now he's going to be wearing an eye patch apparently the next <laughs> time we see him. Um, but no, it's it's good to hear that he's going to make a, a full recovery. That is fantastic news. And look, Alex O'Connell's a decent long rebounder. Uh, as you saw at times his freshman year at Duke, he was an excellent shooter. Um, shot almost 50% on a small number of threes, was 75% effective shooting on catch-and-shoots, according to Synergy last season. And so if he and Jack White can shoot and stay on the court defensively, then they are wonderful fits 
along with guys like Williamson, Barrett, Reddish, and Jones, especially those first three guys that want the ball, are looking to make plays because, I mean, the NBA draft is in 10 months. So, uh, And those guys have uh, talent and expectations, and they're going to try to live up to them. So I think those are the guys that I'm fast. And Deloria is sort of like this too, but he's not a shooter. But can you be a low-usage rebounder that – that helps protect the rim and can guard a few positions and stuff like that too. Brian Geisinger of the ACC Sports Journal, accsports.com, Sports Channel 8. Uh, joining us here on the David Glenn Show, I'm Darren Vaught filling in for DG.